Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 23. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God is looking for people who will make themselves available to do the work of God. Nehemiah made himself available and God used him. Listen, God will use you if you want to be used. People say all the time, you know, well, I just don't have time. Well, I really want to serve the Lord, but I just don't have time. That's not true. And you probably shouldn't tell me that because I probably will tell you that is not true. That's just not true. You have time for whatever it is you want to make time for. Can we just get real? Christians? Can we get real? You have time for what you make time for. If you want to serve God, God's going to give you the time to serve him. How many times have you done something for the Lord and, and it seemed like God gave you more time than you needed? Or you gave something to the Lord and God gave you more money than you needed? Or you've done something for the Lord and God has provided more than you need. If you want to serve the Lord, you Will, well, Nehemiah, listen, he didn't do anything or say anything for four months after receiving that news. It was during those four months that God was preparing Nehemiah's heart. It was during those four months that Nehemiah learned to pray about stuff. It was during those four months that Nehemiah was learning to trust the Lord. It was during those four months that the burden, watch this, that the burden was turning into a vision. Because that's how it goes. A burden turns to a vision. It was during those four months that God was giving Nehemiah time to get a plan together. It was during those four months that God was preparing to use Nehemiah because we know God only uses prepared vessels. So David's being prepared by God while he's running from Saul in the cave of Adullam, in Judah, in Haruth, in uh, Keilah, God is working on David. And remember, saints, keep in mind, David hasn't read First and Second Samuel. He doesn't know the end of the story. He doesn't know eventually God's going to bring everything to, for good for him and that God's going to bring him through every storm because our God is a God who brings us through every storm. <laughs> David doesn't know that, though. Because sometimes, you know how it is like when you're like in the midst of a trial, you really can't really see past the trial. Maybe I'm the only one like that. But when I'm in the midst of a trial, it's like really hard to see. And not only that, but David's not read First and Second Samuel. So he doesn't know that God is going to get him through that storm. Somebody once said that every Christian is either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or going through a storm. Or in the middle of warfare, coming out of warfare, or going into warfare. Isn't that true? 
There's no storm-free or warfare-free zones in the Christian life, and David is learning that. Well, look at verse 5 and 6. David fought the Philistines and saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 7 is nothing but spiritual language. Saul has learned David's whereabouts and said, are y'all, are y'all picking this up? God has delivered him into my hands because he is trapped. He trapped himself. Listen, Saul is out of his mind. This is a textbook case of blind rebellion. Listen, Saul is doing what a lot of well-meaning people do. They misunderstand. Stay with me, y'all. They misunderstand their personal desire for the will of God. I'm going to say that again because that's important. A lot of well-meaning people misunderstand their personal desire for the will of God. They misinterpret God's will on the basis of what they want instead of what God wants. Saints, listen, we got to stop it with the spiritual doublespeak. Amen. We got to stop saying God said this and God wants that and God told me this and God said this and God said that. And God probably sitting in heaven going, and people keep saying, I said this, that, and the third, and I didn't say none of that. <laughs> Why do they keep saying I said that? I didn't say that. It's amazing. And people say, well, God told me this, and I know what I'm talking about because I've been doing this long enough where people come to me and say, well, God told me this, and God told me that. And then you look at the fruit of what God told them, and it's evident, God did Sweetie, I love you. Jesus love you more. But he didn't tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. He didn't tell you that. Because I'm looking at the fruit of that, of what you're telling me that God told you. You know, sometimes we want a thing so bad that, 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 that we confuse it with God's desire. I've seen it hundreds of times. People tell me certain situations. They say, well, we're moving because we want to start a church. And first of all, I ask them, did God tell you to start a church? That's the number one. Did God tell you to start a church? Then we talk a little bit more and we find out, well, actually, there's a business opportunity in that area. And while we're in that area, we'll start a church. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Nonetheless, true. You see, so we got a business opportunity and we'll just start a church because after all, I mean, there's not even a Calvary Chapel there. So if there's not a Calvary Chapel there, we got a business opportunity. We can make this work right here and get a Calvary Chapel planet right there. And it's all good. I have seen that. I don't know. In 20 years, I've probably seen that 10 times. That is devastation. Devastation. So things aren't lining up for them, and then people get mad at God. Things don't turn out the way that they thought, so then they get mad at God. Listen, guys, remember, when I felt called to come to North Carolina, I remember this. Immediately, my wife will tell you this is true. Immediately, the very first thing I did was I prayed with my wife, Okay, God, is this you? 
And she was really intent on praying because she, she know how I could be. Like, I could, if I feel like God's saying do it, I could go for it. So she's a little sobering. <laughs> Amen. Y'all wives are good for that. Y'all, y'all a little sober. We like, let's do it. Let's go 100. That's what I say. Turn it up. And she say, no, turn it down. <laughs> if I say, no, turn it down. I say, turn it up. Turn it down. So we prayed together, and then we went to the pastor. Remember, we went to the pastor because I really believe this. And this is word to the wise. If you sit under a man's teaching for two, three, four, five, six, ten years, and then God's speaking to you about something that significant of you like selling everything you have and moving, you ought to trust that man that you've been listening to as your spiritual headship. You ought to trust that he's hearing from God too and going to give you wise counsel. Okay, I can't believe only 20 people clap right there. That's shocking to me. Okay. You ought to trust the fact that that man is your spiritual leader and you can go to him. I, I always felt that if I can sit here and, and say amen every Sunday and every Wednesday, oh, you the best thing since sliced bread. Amen. Yes, pastor, preach the word. Yes, preach, preach, preach. But then when I come to you to tell you something and you tell me something I don't want to hear, well then, oh, you ain't hearing from God. Huh? Well, was I hearing from God when I've been preaching to you over the last 10 years? Was I hearing from God when I showed up to the hospital with your sick aunt that I don't even know, but I came anyway? Amen. I'm just keeping it real. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I don't know her. But hey, man, hey, I'm a man of mercy. I got compassion. I'm talking to y'all about compassion and mercy. I got mercy. I got compassion. I'm coming to the hospital. I don't know why I was saying that. Oh, because, <laughs> because if, if, if I can minister to you week in and week out, well, then when I tell you something you don't want to hear, then why is that just not of the Lord and you cancel all that out and that's just not God? God will speak to you using your, your leadership. God, that's how God works. And sometimes it may not be what you want to hear, but it'll be what you need to hear. And I, it will, amen, I'm waiting. And God knows, God is my living witness. He knows how many times I have said, you know, people have come to me and said, you know, I think I'm called to be a pastor. Pastor, Ray, what do you think about that? I go, well, let me pray about it for a minute. I'm going to pray about it. I seriously, I'm seriously going to pray about it. And I, I do pray about it. And I go back and talk to him and, you know, hey, pastor, so what you, what you feel? You know, I, <laughs> you know when you're there, what's coming next ain't what you want to hear. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what had happened was... <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think so. 
Well, 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 you don't think I'm called to be a pastor? Well, uh, well I'm a fantastic teacher. I mean, I'm just, uh, yeah. But you asked me, were you called to be a pastor? You didn't ask me, could you teach? Because newsflash, teaching and pastoring are two totally different things. Like apples and oranges. Completely different. Pastoring? That's a whole nother animal. You don't want this. <laughs> you don't want this. If, if God has not called you to this, you don't want this. Trust me. I'm trying to help you. I love you. I'm trying to help you. You don't want it. No, you don't. Because this is a beast. Don't get me wrong. I love the people and I love the sheep. But sheep got sharp teeth. Shoot, they more like Lambo. I mean, <laughs> they're more like Lambo than, than, than lambs. Somebody write that down. I don't know, try to remember that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. You need to be willing to listen to the word of the Lord. And, and I certainly, honestly, when I went to my pastor and asked him, did he, did I feel called to be, did he think that I was called to pastor because God was giving me a series of visions on moving to East and pastoring? When he said to me, I was completely, totally ready, walked in the door that day. Before we walked in out of that car, we prayed. Don't you remember that? We prayed. And we, I said, if that man says, no, I do not see the call of God on your life, I would have stayed in California. Why? Because I was my pastor. And I sat there for seven years. Amen. Yes. Preach the word. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh, yeah. That was a good word. Yes. 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 But then you're going to tell me something I don't want to hear. It's like, oh, you ain't hearing from God. Don't walk like that. If that man would have told me. But I'm going to tell you something. Stay there. If that man would have told me that I was not called, that he didn't think I was called to be a pastor. You know what would happen? If God wanted me here. God would have taken a different route to get me here. You know man can thwart the plan of God. I'm going to tell you all this one thing and then we're going to move on, all right? I remember this one time, this one person wanted to go and start a church. And um, I, I honestly was just being honest, that's all. And I'm going to be honest, and you go do whatever you want to do, because I'm not God. Do whatever you feel the good Lord above is telling you to do. So I don't, I, I, I don't really see it. I, I, I just don't see it. Man, they blew me up on Facebook, on Twitter. They were, they had blew me social media and then the stuff ain't even was born yet. They had me out there on. I'm, I'm like, uh, pin, hearse and, 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 and I, uh, they had me on stuff. And, and, oh, 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 now how can one man tell another man to not start a church? How can one man keep another man from starting the church? God, Lord, I didn't say a word. God knows I wanted to. Don't get me wrong. Because I don't get me wrong. Pastor is still human. 
Amen. And I got to mortify the deeds of the flesh because this flesh monster can get out of control. So I have to keep him over there. All right. I, want, I didn't say a word, but somebody said it for me. I said, hallelujah. They said it for me. I was like, good. They said it. Because I, look, the church's name is on the line if I say something. Okay. I want to say a lot, but the church's name, your name is on the line. You don't want your friend or oh, your pastor's embroiled in whatever, whatever on some Facebook. I'm not a child. You got something to say to me, say it to me. What I look like? Getting to an argument with a 16-year-old on Facebook. What I look like? I'm 55 years old. What? Please. I didn't say a word. Somebody said it for me. They said, one man can't keep another man from starting the church. I said, now, amen. I'm not God. How you going to give me that much credit? That I can stop people from starting the church? That is way too... Look, don't be lightning coming down on me. Don't, don't put me in that light. I can't stop nobody from doing nothing. God is sovereign. God does whatever he pleases, whether you like it or whether you don't like it. If that man would have told me, no, I don't see it, then, that, then you just don't see it. Then, then God would have figured out something else. But people are always throwing spiritual language around. Just, you know, oh, they, uh, Saul says, oh, yeah, well, the Lord has delivered him uh, into my hand. God has not delivered David into your hands. That's just spiritual language. And we have to be careful about saying what God is and is not doing and what God is and is not saying. And when things don't go the way you expect, don't get mad at God. Don't expect God to bless your mess. Write that down. Don't expect God to bless your mess. Well, look at verse 7. Saul says, God has delivered David in, into my hands. Saul, how can you think that, that, that God is for you or going to bless you? You're trying to kill a man for no reason. God isn't a part of the mess you've made. Not a part of your jealousy, Saul. God is not a part of your bitterness. He's not a part of your mess. And therefore, he has no obligation to bless your efforts. Saul, get it right. The person who's being blessed is the person who lost everything. The person who's being blessed is the person who's been driven from their family. The person who's being blessed is the person that has no place to live. The person who is on the run. The person who's being blessed is oftentimes the person who's being afflicted. Hmm. In verses 9 through 13. You remember, proves with me, proves with me. You remember Abathar, who escaped the slaughter of, from Nob. You remember that? And David took care of Abathar, so he gives David the ephod. He escaped with the ephod. Now listen, behind the, the ephod was a vest. Look at me. The ephod was a vest, and behind the ephod were two pouches. And in each pouch was a stone, a white stone and a black stone. And the white stone and the black stone were called the, anybody know? Oh, man, I taught y'all well. Amen. The Urim and the Thurim. The Urim was a white stone. The Thurim was a black stone. The priest would often ask God a question and pull one of the stones out. If they pulled the white stone, the answer was obviously yes. If they pulled the black stone, it would pop up and hit you in the forehead. Just kidding. If they pulled the black stone... The answer is no. 
So people think that, some people think that the stones would actually glow. We don't know that. When we get to heaven, I guess we can ask God to elaborate on whether the Urim and the Thorim glows or not. So David used the ephod to ask the Lord two questions. Number one, will Saul come after me in Keilah? And God said, what do you say, saints? Yes. And the second question is, will the men of Keilah turn turn me over to Saul? And God said, what? Yes. Now remember, Keilah was a tribe of Judah and these are David's own people. Then that's just wrong. David jeopardized his life for the people of Keilah and they turned him over to Saul. Now listen, for those of you who want to be on staff or full-time ministry, this is what you need to prepare for. You need to be prepared to have your back as a pin cushion. (laughs) Amen. Because I'll tell you, anybody, and anybody will tell you who's been in ministry, the people that you, this is so true, the people that you pour your life into, the people that you disciple in the word of God and you teach them the things of God, as soon as things don't go their way or don't go to their advantage, they stick a knife in your back and they hurt you. That's a ministry 101. And you sure you want to be in ministry? Because that's what happens. And it happens all too often. I could keep you here all night telling you of people that Elvira and I have loved and served and prayed with and been there for when somebody died. And then we hear that they left the church. And not only did they leave the church, but they left the church and they started talking smack. Oh, I shouldn't say smack. I mean, pastorally, they are speaking ill words (laughs) concerning the ministry and the affairs of the ministry. Or talking smack. (laughs) Okay? Listen, as a pastor, let me help you leave a church the respectful way. I honestly feel a responsibility to help you leave a church the right way. Number one, go to the pastor before you leave. Somebody say amen. Thank him for the minute. People don't do it. And that's why I'm trying to tell you. They don't do it. Thank the man. He been preaching to you and helping you live your life. And after the service, you come up to him, oh, great sermon. Oh, that just ministered to my spirit. <laughs> thank you. Well, then you should thank the man before you leave. Thank him for the ministry to you and your family. Perhaps explain to him the reason why you're leaving. Maybe you're moving. Maybe the Lord just wants you to be in another pasture under another pastor, and that's okay. Send him a thank you card. Don't hide. (laughs) Don't hide behind the baked beans when you see him at Harris Teeter. Amen. David helped the people of Keilah, and as soon as Saul shows up, they say, oh, he went that away. God probably said, David, look, I've been dealing with Israel since I brought them out of Egypt, and that's just how they roll. They are the most ungrateful, whining, complaining people I've ever created. <laughs> They'll turn on you in a second. They rebelled against me, David. Don't take it personal. I believe God takes every Christian who wants to be used by God. He takes them to Keilah at some point. You got to go there. What do I mean? If you want to be used by God, you got to go to that place where you've been hurt. 
and you're not willing. Now, I know I'm not talking to half the people in this room because y'all don't want to go to Keilah. But those who do, you have to be willing to want to be heard and, and allow yourself to be heard and be betrayed by your own people sometime. And at the same time, it's important to understand that God loves the men of Keilah and God told David, go down there and save those people. Well, look at verse 13. David was obedient and didn't retaliate. You look at verse 13 and didn't retaliate on the men of Keilah and God blessed him. Remember, he had 400 distressed, discontent, and indent men. And now he's got 600 distressed, discontent, and indent men. Amen. We're growing. People are joining David's army because they can see the work of God in his life. Now watch this. When you're obedient to the Lord, God will add to you and even strengthen you. So David is always one step ahead of Saul. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.